Welcome, welcome to the Sharp Boy Show, guys. Thank you so much for joining me this evening. Yes, it is, I know, Memorial Day, and so what? I'm 7 7 p.m. on the East Coast. I'm going to come on anyway. I know, I am a veteran. So um, I am very happy that you're joining me this evening. So many of you joining me on for what is a holiday for some of you and others. It is not. As always, when it comes to Memorial Day, I always try to bring something up which... mm, Maybe isn't as popular as it could be, but I think it's an important way to start looking at certain things on Memorial Day. And that is for my brothers and sisters that are gone, their journey is over. Their tour is complete. They are no longer duty bound. Their suffering is complete. It's over. Not that I'm happy they're gone. I'm not. But I understand that Memorial Day, while we remember and honor those who've fallen, I would like us to always think about the people they left behind. Those are the people who are still in pain. Some of them are veterans who saw their you know, friend or coworker or comrade die in front of them, in some cases. In some cases, it's family and friends, people who no longer have that person. So while... I know we want to honor the dead. The dead are dead. That's not being cruel. It's the opposite. It's honoring them and then immediately shifting to those who bear the burden, those who remain. We bear the burden from those who who've passed. We still feel the pain and those loved ones feel a lot more pain. So let's not forget to not only honor those who've died, but also to remember and to think about Maybe call, maybe reach out if that's appropriate for someone you know who's lost someone. That may this today might be the good time for that. Instead of just having them feel bad for someone they've lost, let them know that there are people still here who care. And I think many of us actually do care. So I'm saying it now. If you're listening or watching and you've lost someone close to you, a veteran, whether that was in combat, out of country, whatever that might have been. I care. I I hope that helps a little. Knowing that people do still care about you. It isn't only about the person who you've lost, but also those who are remaining. And that's sometimes horrible. Again, we still suffer. We still suffer while they're gone. So I didn't want to spend too much time on that because I know it's all over today. I wanted to bring up something um, a little bit different. But before we go there, Michael says, happy Memorial Day. Yes. Andrew says, Lara, on behalf of my family members, and I thank you for your time and service to our country. I appreciate that, guys. Thank you so much. And Matt says, truth. We can say the truth. Yes, we can, Matt. We can say the truth. I love it. Absolutely. But what I want to bring up today is something a little bit different. And again, this is AMA. So if you want to ask something, um, you know, outside of this is fine. But I noticed something this weekend on Smirconish. And often I watch Smirconish and I uh, usually watch Fareed Zakaria on weekends. And often they come up with interesting concepts. And Smirconish today talk, come up with the concept of, you know, at, 
at what point do we not want to know stuff? Like sometimes we just don't want to know the truth, right? Sometimes we don't want to know. And that that can be, and I'll, and I'll give you an interesting story about myself. I'm guilty of this in a different way, but maybe it is similar. And that is when my father passed away when I was a kid, I was 11 when he died. And when he died, I didn't want to accept the pain. I was a kid. It was too much for me. So I blocked it out. And this is a, a story I tell often. And if you've gone through this yourself or know someone, you'll get it immediately. Literally, I couldn't remember the day he died for years. I just couldn't remember the day. If you had asked me what day it was, I couldn't remember. I, like, uh, what? I, I don't know. Whatever. I don't know. And if you, if you ask me, you know, a year later, I would know. I could literally go to his gravesite. He's buried on Long Island. Out in Carrollton, uh, he was a veteran. He was a, a vet. So he's born out, he's out in the veterans, um, uh, the National Cemetery out in Long Island. And so I w- would go there, look at his his stone. And for those of you who don't know, the stones are all flat. They're in the ground flat. They don't have like the big tombstones or the crosses. It's just, it's flat in the ground. It's like a plate, like a nameplate. So go to his nameplate, look at it, read it, turn, could remember. Literally could not remember what it was. Couldn't remember the actual grave site. Like I wouldn't, I could remember the name. I mean, the number. I couldn't remember the number. Nothing. I couldn't remember anything for years, like over a decade. And people would ask me, when did your father die? And I'd go, I don't, I don't remember. I don't remember. And I wasn't hiding it. Like I would tell people my father died. It wasn't like I was trying to hide it from the, the, the questioner. I was hiding it from myself. Not from the questioner. I wasn't ashamed or embarrassed. I, I hated it, obviously, as anybody would hate losing their parent. But I wasn't ashamed or embarrassed by it. I wasn't hiding it from them. I was hiding it from myself. And it took me years before I could remember when he died. Now I know he died on March 18th. But I'm in my 50s now. So it took me a long time to be able to accept the date and remember it. Now, why do I tell you this story? Because what... Smirkanis says about COVID, what Freed says about January 6th, about all the things that we talk about that we now don't want to know anything about. Are we hiding it from ourselves? Listen to what Smirkanis says and tell me if, if I'm missing something. And I think this may be a problem in America in general. Tale of two theories. I'm Michael Smirkanish in Philadelphia. You know, I've spent several days on radio this week discussing the latest revelations concerning the origin of COVID-19. Now, I want to be fair. The revelations aren't really that new. A lot of people were talking about this a long time ago. But for mainstream media, these are new revelations. So for mainstream media, he's correct. And a number of callers have asked a question that I find absurd, and it's this. Who cares? What does it matter whether the virus began by jumping naturally from wildlife to people or whether it escaped from a lab? Yep. I have a hunch as to why they've asked. Now, I got to touch this piece immediately. What a horrible way of thinking. I hope none of you are thinking, who cares? It doesn't matter. It's just like with January 6th. Who cares? Does it matter? Some people care. Right. If you remember, I was really angry or upset when... Hillary Clinton went to uh, talk about Benghazi and 
when Trump was talking about COVID early and both of them acted flippant about it. And I did a show on this. I said, this is not how good leaders act. Good leaders show empathy and understand that some people care. When Benghazi, what, what, what did Hillary Clinton say? Who cares what happened? Who cares? How about the, the, the families of the people who died in Benghazi? I would think they would care. I mean, maybe nobody else should care. I don't know, but maybe they should care. So we shouldn't be doing that at all. We shouldn't be yelling, who cares? Remember Trump, it is what it is for the people who died from, from COVID? No, you don't say it is what it is. To be clear, in both cases, neither person could go back and fix what happened, right? And neither person needed to take responsibility for either. I mean, probably both should have, but it doesn't matter. Neither one needed to. All they had to do was instead be empathetic and go, you're right. Let's give the people who were hurt some closure. That's it. That's all you got to do. But again, we don't do it. And now this has moved now from this has moved now from the our leaders, Hillary Clinton, Donald Trump, whomever. Now, Biden. What, well, Biden, actually, finally, I'll give Biden this. I'll, you know what? I, clearly, I'm not a Biden fan, but I'm going to give him this at least. At least now he's like, fine, let's look into it. All right. It's something I'm not. It's something. I'm going to try to give everyone the benefit of the doubt. It's something. We'll, we'll give them that, right? But why do we not want to know what happened with COVID? Doesn't it matter? Particularly for the people whose whose loved ones died. Particularly for them. But maybe for us, as how do we handle it in the future? And I guess the worst part was when Benghazi, I'm going to go to Benghazi and I'm going to go to COVID. Both of them. Because I'm, I'm going to hit the left and the right on this one. When Benghazi happened, the left immediately said, Oh, it's a video, right? Remember that story? It's a video, and that's what it is, and that's it. Shut up. Don't talk. And the right was like, nope, it's not the video. But the right wasn't saying it wasn't the video because of evidence at that point. They were just mad at Hillary. So they were hoping it was evidence, but they were mad. They happened to be right at the end. But that wasn't how they started, right? That that wasn't how they started. The same thing happened here with COVID. Trump said, oh, it's a lab. And I've said, nope, not a lab. Nope, not a lab. And they happen to be wrong on that one. Well, it looks like they're wrong. We never know. I'm I'm happy to open up. It is perhaps it was still the animal thing. Uh, we don't know yet, but it's looking a whole lot like it was a lab. And the left got mad, not because of evidence, because they didn't like Trump. So now we start having people who just support the other person no matter what. I was talking to my 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 daughter just like 20 minutes ago. And she was telling me about this idea they have on people who um, are fans of people on YouTube or on TikTok, on Twitter. And the people who stand by them, no matter what, are called stands. This is new to me, but now I'm hearing this. They're called stands. Stands are, in in the vernacular, young people talk, are people who will stand by somebody no matter what. Does it matter no matter what? I know he murdered someone. But he only he but he only murdered him. He didn't like, you know, beat him up first. So that's okay. Like we'll stand behind somebody no matter what. I don't know what the opposite is. Like there are people who just no matter what, it's wrong. But there's evidence that shows Trump is right. I don't care. He's wrong. There's evidence that shows Trump is wrong. I don't care. He's right. Wow. Wow. And there's almost a point where I feel like we don't want to know. We just want our side to be right. And I've tried very hard in this show and all of you who've met me 
and talk to me. I've tried to give each person, each leader, you know, credit where credit is due and critique their policy when I think their policy is wrong. Right? I try to critique policy when they're wrong. It's rare that you hear me just attack an individual. I mean, Cuomo's an exception. So look, I'm human. Okay. I get one. And my one is Cuomo. Okay. That's my one. I get, I'm human. But besides Cuomo, it is very rare. You will see me attack the individual. I say this policy. I don't like what they said. They're wrong here. They're wrong there. I try very much to do that. And I'm happy because the closest person who does that is Smirkanish. He leans left. No question. But he's one of the closest ones that will actually go, hey, something's wrong. He's saying, why, why, does, why is the left not listening? He's literally saying it. So let me grab a couple comments. Um, but I hope you see what I'm saying with this. Mike says, sorry if you lost. Yeah, Mike, I appreciate that. I mean, it was 40 years ago. Um, but you never, you never totally get over losing a loved one, right? Never, I mean, you, it gets easier. You never actually get over it ever. It, there's always a, a spot. Always. So, yeah. Andrew says, my, my grandfather's cousin was a POW in a POW camp. His saving grace was that he got out of camp when Jeremy lost in 1945. There we go. Um, Cade says, I think we are wheeling back to the original theory that China is responsible because of two reasons. Yeah, I, I think you're right. I think we are going back there. I, I think you're totally right. Uh, Cade says, we are entering a new cold world with China. This is the result. The whole wild animal theory was kind of thin. You know, I'm not sure the wild animal theory was thin. I think it does happen, right? So it's not like it couldn't have been that to the layman, right? Obviously, to people who are professionals, they look differently. But to the layman, the wild animal theory isn't crazy. It does happen. So it, yeah, it could have it could have been that, but it could have been that. And there happens to be a, like a weapons grade lab in that city. Oh, see, there's the problem, right? It's it's not that the concept isn't real. It does happen sometimes. But they were working on that virus. It's in that city. Some people got sick before. Yeah, <laughs> that, I, I'm with you. That's that's when it got bad. Um, but also, we're already in Cold War. We are in Cold War II right now, right? Cold War I was against the Soviet Union as a senior partner, and China was a junior partner. And most of our proxy wars were against China, the junior partner, right? And we fought chi- uh, proxy wars in Vietnam, proxy wars in Viet- in, in uh, Korea against China. Um, we did fight a proxy war against Af- against the Russians in Afghanistan, but most of the proxy wars were against China in some way, shape, or form. And most of the espionage, the biggest warfare was espionage, and that was heavily with um, Russia, Soviet Union, and us. And the weapon of mass destruction was nuclear weapons, right? Which, of course, we had far more than Russia did, and we were winning that war completely. This now is Cold War II. And the partners have swapped, meaning China is now the senior partner and Russia, no longer the Soviet Union, is now the junior partner. Now, while, now we're fighting our proxy wars now against Russia in Ukraine, in Syria. We're not fighting proxy wars against China now. We're fighting proxy wars against Russia now, right? Um, we're doing that now. Yugoslavia, we're fighting proxy wars against Russia. And the biggest uh, attack that would be fight is not through espionage, it's through marketing and commerce. And Ch- China's beating us in that one right now. And... The weapon of mass destruction is not nuclear, it's cyber. Yet again, we're losing that. So we are losing, we are currently losing Cold War II. Not even close. And we're not even paying attention. We're literally worried about things like, let's build more tanks or let's worry about culture war issues. Let's worry about this stuff when we're literally losing the Cold War. We should be, we should be functioning specifically on two things. Business, cyber. 
That's the battles. When we were fighting Cold War One, we were fighting on espionage, nuclear weapons, and we had an advantage for nuclear weapons from the beginning. We're, we're in this war. We're behind the eight ball, man. We're behind the eight ball in cyber. And we're not doing, we're, we're now losing in, in the business world. That's happening too. Now you see China's flexing its muscle, talking about sanctions and stuff like that. China is talking about sanctions. China's got our, got, got our actors doing apology videos. Got Walmart supporting them in court against us. China's winning right now. So we got to spin this around. And this idea that we just want to be like, let's fight culture wars. Making stuff even worse. So um, Jimmy says it was actually what difference does it make? Thank you, Jimmy. Yes. Right. She yells, what difference does it make? Thank you. Now I remember. Absolutely. So yeah, what difference does it make? 100%. That's what, that's what she was yelling. And it makes a big difference, Jimmy. And it was also cold. There was no, I mean, it's not like Hillary's warm. But if you want to be a leader, you have to be able to have some type of empathy with the people around you, particularly those who are hurt directly by it. So Joseph's new studio. Now it's, it's a little bit, does it look nice? Is it nice? Do you like it? I, I hope you enjoy. Um, yeah, that, by the way, that is the um, set by company Neosage. It says Ex Alto Concilio Victoria, which means from Great Council Victory. And this is uh, up here, if you can see it, Niccolo uh, Machiavelli, Frederick Douglass, Sun Tzu, Otto von Bismarck, and you can't see over there, is Miyamoto Musashi. And then my lovely wife, we were married about 20 years ago. So yes. Um, so some new stuff. I hope it's interesting for you. Um, and of course, the man himself, how are you, Aaron? Says, uh, who cares what people on the left are saying now that Fauci looks bad? If Trump was potentially implicated in the origin of the virus, they wouldn't be saying who cares. Ooh, interesting point. Yeah, I think I think you're right. They they want to protect Fauci and attack Trump. And in this case, the reverse is happening. They're, it's attacking Fauci and validating Trump. And that's yeah, that's not a good look. That's true. But look, Smirconish is on CNN and he's saying it right. And that's the point when you the I look for the weekend shows on CNN to show me where I think the country's beginning to move, because when the left starts saying this, OK, it's real. Right. When when. When all of a sudden you find guys like Fareed, guys like Simconish starting to move, you go, okay, mainstream's moving. When these guys move, that means mainstream's moving. Yes. Um, Dustin says it's pretty hot warfare when it comes to cyber warfare. Well, I think it, hot meaning active. Yes. But most people think of hot as in using what they call kinetic weapons, which means weapons that hit you and blow things up, right? That's kinetic weapons. That tends to be what, what they mean when they say a hot war. So I think, meaning it's active, yes, but it still is officially a cold war. Still officially, yes. Andrew says, when Killary said, what difference does it really make? Pissed me the hell off. I think a lot of people felt to Andrew. I still think about it. I, I still think about it. I don't like when she's that, and it bothers me when Trump said it is what it is. I don't like either of those two. I, I hated both of those two. And then Cuomo says it is what it is. Stop saying that. Have some empathy for the people who are around you. But look, I, I get, I understand that Hillary was frustrated. I do. I understand it. It doesn't make it okay. I understand Trump was frustrated. They were beating him up on his too. I got it. Not okay. I understand Cuomo was frustrated. Not okay. When you're a leader, that's not okay. Even though you're frustrated, even though they're beating you up, you know what? Don't be a political leader if you don't want to get beat up. Don't do it. Right. Go off. Go drive a truck. I used to drive a truck. Go drive a truck. It's a good job. Make some money. Go drive a truck. 
you don't get beat up by by the press if you do that. But if you're going to be a leader, you're going to get beat up by the press. You're going to get frustrated. I got it. You can't do this. I completely, I, I completely agree. Sam says, I care because lab leaks are bad, but covering up the lab leak and allowing people to leave China knowing this is loose is diabolical. Ooh. And global rep- rep- reparation we talked about. So, Sam, that's a, that's a big, that's a big, you know, conversation right there. So then let's say you're right. Let's say the Chinese covered it up. I don't know if that's true. For sake of your argument, they did. For sake of your argument only, they did. What does reparations look like? Are you saying they start writing checks? Right? Are you saying they say sorry? Are you saying both? You think you're going to get China to say sorry? Come on now. They're making wrestlers say sorry to them. They're not saying sorry. That's, I mean, it's not going to happen. Um, Free talk about, talked about this also this weekend. Like, China's like, no, we're the big boys now. So we can say what we want, do what we want. They're, they're calling the shots now, right? So this is a whole different way of, of looking at it. I don't, I get where you're going. I think that's, I don't see that happening at all. I, and and unless, unless we're prepared to go into some type of, I don't know, marketing war, I don't know. Joe says, first I'm hearing the term stands. Me too. I heard it first time today. Like today with my daughter, she's like, these stands. I'm like, stands. Okay, hold on. Let's, let's tell me what that is. Whenever I hear new stuff, for those of you who don't have children in your life, whether they're your children, grandchildren, aunt, uh, niece, nephew, whatever, younger siblings, um, I would ask you every once in a while, get some, get some teenagers in your life. I know for some of you, it will drive you crazy, but it's not bad. Hearing what they're saying, hearing the stuff, gets you kind of understand what the youth is thinking. So I'm very happy I have a 17-year-old daughter and an 11-year-old. They... I, I hear stuff like this that I just wouldn't hear. So please get some kids in your life. However, that makes sense for you to have kids in your life, obviously. You may not want to have kids. Please don't please don't have kids because of me. I have kids if you want to, obviously. Yes. There we go. So yes. All right. Um <laughs> we call them haters. I like that. Haters. Love that. So good. Craig says, Will you please run for office again, sir? I might again. I I I said um I'll make a decision in the summer. I am considering it. I will, I will see well, what, what I can do. Susan says, thank you to your daughters for updates on stands. Yes. So I guess so does haters in stands. I like that. There we go. Love that. Let me go a little bit further on what he's talking about. There's some, there's some interesting stuff here. And, and I think you'll, you'll, you'll get what I'm talking about and why I, I thought it was important. That. It's political. They worry that if the escape scenario is proven, it'll be a win for the other team. So they'd rather we not ask. But this is literally what Aaron was just talking about. Aaron, see? Same page. Recent developments, they demand answers. This week, the Wall Street Journal broke the story that according to U.S. intelligence, mm-hmm. in November of 2019, three researchers from China's Wuhan Institute of Virology became sick enough to warrant hospital care. Now, my issue is, I, I, I want to be fair on this. This story isn't new. I mean, if, if those of you who are paying attention, some of you, I'm sure, weren't. You were living your own life, doing your own thing. I got you. You don't have to pay attention to everything. This story is not new. But now the Wall Street Journal comes out. Now the New York Times, and now people are talking about it. I, I think they held on as long as they could until maybe the, the, the bat story just was like, dude, no. <laughs> it's, it's not a bat. I don't know. Maybe. 
The details of the reporting went beyond what the State Department had revealed in the final days of the mm -hmm. Trump administration when it said that several researchers became sick with symptoms consistent with COVID. Yes, that's my point. This isn't the first time, right? The Trump administration people have said this before. They were like, whoa, this is from a lab. November is when many epidemiologists and virologists believe the virus first began circulating around the city of Wuhan. Yep. This was just the latest in a series of revelations that have caused many who initially dismissed the lab leak theory to yep. reconsider. And here's the thing I like. And I, I got to tell you, I know some of you who were really behind this idea early on are going to be angry. I would ask you to look at the bright side here. At least now. Better than never. And there was really a chance that this was going to be never. So at least it's not that. I'm giving you something to go, you know what? But, mm, something. Versus just going, oh, my God. You know? That's it. So Jimmy says, love the news. Oh, okay. It's working. Thank you, guys. I love it. China doesn't have the fortitude to eat with American. Not sure where you're going with that one, Markel. Help me out with that one. I'm not sure where you're going with that one. Jeff says, so doesn't mean we can start eating bats again. You stopped? Lightweight. What's wrong with you, Jeff? They got the, you think COVID is going to stop me from eating bats? Come on, you lightweight. Get your bat eating fork out. Let's go. Come on now. Craig says, China has had wet markets for thousands of years. Also true. And we'll probably keep them. Absolutely. And we'll probably keep them. Absolutely. 100%. Tom says, I, I call it walking and chewing gum at the same time. Apparently, Republicans can't. I like that. Um, F Walmart. I am with you. Look, I've been open about my views on Walmart. Um, I am not someone who this government should shut them down. Not who I am. But I don't go to Walmart. Literally, I'll pay the extra money. Whatever it is, I'll pay it. I'll pay the extra 25 cents for my kids' crayons when they go to school. I'm not going to Walmart. I do not shop at Walmart. Don't do it. I will not do it. They're, in, my, in, my, in my view, they are hurting us. They support China over us all the time. So I'm not shopping at Walmart. They destroy small businesses purposefully. I don't do it. So, and I would, you you should do what you feel is appropriate, but I'm not doing it. If I got to pay an extra buck for whatever pads of paper or whatever for my kid, I'll pay an extra buck. It's fine. That's what I'll do. And I, and I accept that completely. Yes. Joe says the Democrats who pretend to be anti-war, well, they used to anyway. Have a, uh, have a 2% increase in military spending. Yes, we need to spend more money. And the word, you know what, Joe? Am I by default against an increase in military spending? I'm not, to be full with you, not by default. The problem is we're increasing the spending and it's not doing anything except the same old thing. If you were telling me that we had to, and I'm making this up, it's not true, but I'm just telling you in theory. If you were saying we have to, you know, increased by 2% because we have to revamp our entire military to fight the cyber threat that we have. So we're going to have to start standing down all the nuclear submarines or some of them, obviously not all of them, standing down some of the nuclear weapons. We have enough to, to destroy the world just once, not four times, just one time. We can destroy the world once. So it only takes one time. Once you destroy it once, you know, not required to destroy it more than once. Once is enough. And we're going to start, you know, maybe not decommissioning some tanks and some ships. We don't need all of them. We don't need the largest Navy in the world. Maybe we don't need that. Maybe not. And we're going to spend all our time instead on cyber, 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 cyber. Then I at least would be open to the idea. But that's not what we're doing. We're going to buy more tanks and more minesweepers and stuff like that, which mean 
nothing. And some of you can get mangled. Larry, you don't understand. The Chinese are building a big navy. I don't care. But Larry, they have nuclear weapons. I know. Don't care. Why don't you care, Larry? Because we can already blow them up five times over. We already have the ability to blow them up five times over. Getting to blow them up ten times over isn't helpful. We already we can already blow them up. They can blow us up. We can blow them up. That's already done. Well, Larry, they're going to have a big Navy. So what are you going to do? Attack our Navy? Well, they could if they want to. We would devastate their Navy. They're not going to be their Navy, no matter how large it gets. It can get massively large. They're not going to be able to stop our Navy for at least 25 years. Maybe more, but at least 25 years. Our technology, our skill set. Well, most of you don't know. Some of you, some of you who are vets, you may know this or if you studied some history. Naval, any naval unit, whether it is a ship, Marines, whatever, naval infantry, whatever it is, heavily based upon tradition. Tradition is what makes a Navy powerful. I'm not joking. If you do your homework, this is real. Tradition is what makes a Navy powerful. That's what makes a Navy powerful. Now, technology, of course, matters. Of course it does. But you have to understand how to shift, adjust, and change, fight at sea, think, be brave, do crazy things, all those. Remember, when you're out at sea, that captain is almost as close to as a god as there is on this planet. You have to understand that. You're responsible for, for literally hundreds of people, sometimes thousands. This is a big deal. Chinese have no naval tradition. None. We got ours from the British who had hundreds of years, and now we have hundreds of years of naval tradition. That's what we have. And we're going to keep building our Navy effectively, keep being powerful, keep doing great stuff. They have at least 20 years, minimum, before their Navy's anywhere near us. So I'm not concerned. And we can blow up, blow them up already with nukes. So cyber is the answer. I'm sorry if I went off the, the rail there, but cyber is the answer. Absolutely. So my mother, Shelly Decker Bedford, is, sprinting, is printing the T-shirt as we speak. Dear Lord, hear my prayer. <laughs> Let New York hear the sharp way. Thank you, Ryan. I appreciate that. Yes, absolutely. Uh, the Stitch says, I always thought lab leak because China tried to cover up too much initially. And a lot of people did. This is why it's funny that they're like, hey, you know, this new revelation. Is it really? For mainstream media, it is. But a lot of people were on this a long time ago. If it was animal transition, they would have liked to be the saviors. Weapon, it wouldn't have been released in China. Okay. I think it was a mistake, to tell you the truth. Um, I think the leak was an error. There are some people who think it's like purposeful or whatever the case may be. I don't buy that at all. I, I think that this was a mistake. That's my, I don't have evidence of that. That's what I think from what I see, just my view. I think we'll find out now that we're actually looking at it. I think we'll actually find that eventually. China will absolutely, to your point, they will try to cover this up. I, I don't think they'll be able to. This affected too many nations, so eventually they're going to have to come clean at one point, whether that's in six months or two years, who knows? I think we'll know eventually. My gut says, literally, a screw-up, a mistake, a problem. Somebody made a mistake. That's what I think happened. Uh, to quote Nixon, the cover-up was worse than the crime. Yes. Absolutely. Yes. Isn't it always right? I tell my daughters this. I'm like, look, whatever you did. When you come to me, don't lie. If you lie, whatever you did is now worse. Come clean and we'll deal with whatever you did. But if you lie, it's going to be worse. That's all I'm saying. It is going to be way worse. I agree. It's always, 
it's always worse. So yes, it means more death for Americans. I'm not sure. Oh, really? I don't like that. <laughs> I don't. Sam says the sad part is it isn't just Walmart. It's you're you're right, Sam. You know what? You're right. I do though. They're my. They are my symbolic pushback. Is is that okay? I can't push back against everything, but I can push back against something. That's my pushback. Literally, if I'm out and about running around and the only place there is is a Walmart, then I guess I'm going to a local store or I will literally go without. Like I am, I'm not going in. I will go without before I will go to Walmart. That's where I am. I will not go. And I wish more Americans would follow that example. But look, I don't know where you live and what you're doing out there. If Walmart's the place where you got to get your stuff, I get it. If if you're in a cash crunch and then the cheapest one's around, I'm not mad at you for it. You got to do what you got to do to live your life the way you got to live your life. I, I've made a decision and that decision is right for me. That's it. The U.S. manufacturers uh, manufactures very little because regulation labor costs. Yep. Even some something like 90% of antibiotics are made that. I know we have a big government problem. You're correct. Um, literally some of the most critical things that we need are made in China now or India, China or India. You're totally correct. India and China. A lot. Yes. The Washington werewolf says most of the money goes to military contracts. Very true. A a lot of it is, is a jobs program. It's true. Yes. James says, why would the Chinese apologize to make reparations to the world for COVID? After all, we don't. Well, interesting. So you're saying. It's it's a valid point. Does if, if we. If we blame China, does it open ourselves up to blame or no? Now, if I'm China, of course, I'm going to copy what you're saying, James. I'm like, yeah, well, you Americans screwed up and did blah, 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 blah. So, of course, I'm going to spin it and make it all America's fault. Of course, I would if I'm China. Of course, I would. The question is, how, how do we then defend ourselves in the eyes of the rest of the world while pointing the finger at China? I get, you know what, you know, as I'm, as I'm looking back now, I didn't like the the way, um, I didn't like the way Trump said Kung flu. I didn't. I thought it was degrading. I didn't mind Wuhan virus. I didn't. I know a lot of people did. I didn't mind that. I didn't like the Kung flu piece. I know it was funny, but it did, it did feel mean, if that makes any sense. It felt mean to me, but I didn't mind the Wuhan because it came out of Wuhan. So I didn't have a problem with the Wuhan virus at all. Um, but it's, mm, his idea may have been the best idea because if you call it the Wuhan virus, then it becomes their fault. So I'm, you know, James, making me think, is, is there, is there a way we'd have to spin that to make that work? Well, I think Trump went too far calling it the Kung flu. I think it came across as mean versus just calling it the Wuhan virus, which I think doesn't come across as mean. People took it that way because they wanted to. I mean. That was what they wanted to mean. But I think it was just like the South African variant, right? The Wuhan virus. I don't think that was uh, a, a bad thing at all. I think he went too far. But maybe it was the right answer because then maybe it, maybe then the blame lands squarely on them and nobody else. So Matt says, that's a hollow bright side. We have now given the CCP machine a whole year to destroy evidence and orchestrate a whole story to come up the leak from the lab. Yeah, I think you're right, Matt. You're actually going back down 
right? That same road. In a way, what James is saying, in a way, right? Saying now the story is, well, America screwed it up and they're probably prepared for it. But maybe they don't even care, right? China is very aggressive right now. They're like, we're running stuff. We're aggressive. We don't have to care about what you think. In fact, you know what? You're making me think, Matt. You and 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 you're making me think. I may bring bring that up um, right now because there is – Fareed did a piece on this talking about how, you know, China is uh, being very aggressive, right? And being that aggressive, the rest of the world is getting angry at them. But they don't seem to care now because they think they're they're powerful now. And that's kind of interesting. Let me see if I can grab Fareed's piece real fast. And I, I think you may be right here. This is this is Fareed talking about exactly what you guys were talking about. He brought this up over the weekend also. In a country that's divided on almost everything, one area of bipartisanship in the United States is alive and growing. Fear of China. Yes. President Biden says... The Chinese are eating our lunch. It's right. Republican Senator Josh Hawley says they are well on their way to achieving their goal of world domination. Experts want that's left and right. So yeah, Belt and Road Initiative and vaccine diplomacy are bolstering its soft power. Let's take a look at what is actually happening on the ground. Mm -hmm. China's secrecy and deception about the origins of COVID nineteen. I want you to hear. This this is Fareed Zakaria saying that. I just want to be clear. This is Fareed Zakaria saying that. This isn't Hannity saying that. Fareed Zakaria on CNN. You heard what he just said. I'm just saying. I I think this is this is changing. I I think it is. Your point's a valid one, though. I mean, we did give them Matt. We gave them a year to make stuff better. And the question is, was that on purpose? You know, maybe, maybe, right? I, I don't know. It's hard for me to, to, to know that, but maybe it isn't better. I don't know. Um, Markel says, China doesn't have the physical or marketing tools throughout the, the political community of these Americas. You know, I agree. But remember, they have a junior partner, Markel, who knows how to do it. Russia, right? The proxy wars that we fought during Cold War One were against China. The proxy wars we fight now are against Russia. Russia has become the junior partner in this alliance. So now they're the junior partner. And Russia is, is hammering us. Uh, when it, We got hit last year 400. The, the country did 400 cyber attacks last year, ransomware attacks. 400 last year. I think the Russians do know how. They mess with our elections. They mess with our Facebook. They mess with our Twitter. The Chinese don't. Accurate. The Russians do. And the Russians are right there, right? right. They're right by their side. They are the junior partners in this. So I, I do think, I do think we have to worry about that. But again, not from China, from Russia. So Ryan says, hence the, the mainstream media ramp up on anti-China rhetoric, all due to economics, nothing else. Yeah, but I would, I would take it. I would take it. Craig says, never go to war with another nuclear power, bad idea. But the people think it won't come to that. I hope so. But, but that's my point, Craig. It's almost always proxy war. Right. It's uh, we never fought the Russians directly during the, the, the first Cold War, but we fought them and we fought the junior partners, the Chinese also in Korea and Vietnam. And we fought the Russians in Vietnam a little bit and also in Afghanistan. Um, so a little bit we did. But we're fighting the Russians now in Syria and Iraq. A lot of that. It's all, um, you know, Russia sold uh, stuff to Syria and Iran. 
uh, but funding the proxy war right now in Israel. Those are all Russian-bought or Chinese-bought uh, rockets that, that Hamas is sending. So we're fighting proxy wars now, right? So I don't think we'll fight specifically. Like, I don't think American troops will fight Chinese troops, even though they did in Vietnam. I'm sorry, in Korea. I don't think we'll fight Russian troops. But we are fighting a proxy war in Ukraine. We're arming Ukrainians, and they're fighting for us, right, in this case, too. So it's a proxy war piece that I mean. It's a, it's a proxy war piece. So Michael says, I fear the Swiss Navy. Yeah, I wouldn't fear that Navy at all. Yeah, they might have some, I don't know, some riverboats. Maybe, I would assume. Yeah, absolutely. So I love that. Blaze 2019 says, what would your solution on the border? And how much has the IMF caused poverty in the third world? Two really broad questions. Um, but fine. I don't, I don't mind answering either. This is AMA. Um, I'll, I'll, let me touch the, the second question. The IMF causes a lot of poverty, a lot of poverty. It gives, it does give people the opportunity in undeveloped countries, which I, I'm going to try to use third world anymore. I'm stuck. I'm a, I would rather use undeveloped um, because there really isn't a third world anymore. Uh, for those who don't know, first world was basically America backed countries, um, capitalist type countries. Second world used to be more communist, socialist, Russia backed con- countries, and third world were countries that we fought over. That's kind of what it was back in the. 50s, 60s, 70s, and 80s. So I try to use more underdeveloped or another phrase, which is a good phrase, uses the global South. Um, that's kind of phrases that, that they mean, mean similar, but are more accurate. Uh, they absolutely give people in those countries an opportunity for growth. I don't want to take that away. They do. It's true. Also an opportunity to join the global community. That's true. It also gives them opportunity to grow larger organizations within their nations. Also true. Chance to build infrastructure. Also true. And on top of all of that crushing debt that basically forces them to abide by industrialized countries or more um, advanced countries' rules that puts them in long-term debt and poverty. So while it does provide some short-term advantages and some people in those countries will be able to explode and do very well, it also ensures the country as a whole will not do very well. So the IMF, in my personal view overall, is is a net negative. There are some positives. You could find positives for the IMF. It's not all bad. I think it's mostly bad, and I think it's more negative than positive. That's my personal view. I hope that answers your question. So does it cause poverty? Um, it causes damage. I'm not sure I would say it causes poverty. I'm not sure if it's I'm not sure if it's the IMF that causes it, or is it the poor infrastructure that they accept or the governments that they create? So I don't know where you want to go with that. Is a reason for, I don't think you would say them specifically cause it, but they're definitely part of the reason why it happens or people uh, or some people never expand. I hope that was clearer. So the border, as I've said many times, uh, our border, the answer is always the same. It is create, go back to create a new Ellis Island concept. I think you put two on the Southern border, two Ellis Islands, owned and run by two separate private companies. You say, wait a minute, Larry, how are we going to pay for it? We don't have to pay for it. What we do is we have a, two Ellis Islands on the border. I, I'm making it up, say it's Texas and California as an example, or wherever is the appropriate place. But for the sake of argument, those two, if you want to come to our country, awesome. Go to what are the Ellis Islands. 
they'll use whatever is the appropriate processes required. Is it a two weeks or three weeks, whatever the quarantine is, they'll follow whatever the rules are, um, check their background. Are they bad guys or something? If they're all clear, life is good. You get an orange card, orange card. You get an orange card. And then any state that wants to opt in, opts in. I'm assuming all states will. But if some state wants to be silly and not get cheap labor, they don't have to. Maybe, maybe I'm wrong and cheap labor is a bad thing. Your state decides. I don't decide. You can opt out if you want to, but I'm assuming most states will opt in. Um, you can go to any of those states you want to that opt in. You get your orange card, go work. What does that mean? Now you pay taxes while you work. It is a two-year temporary work visa only. It is not a green card. It is just a two-year temporary work visa. And you have to check in every two years. And you may not be in any form of public assistance. So we check in every two years. Are you in public assistance? No. Are you still working? Yes. Life is good. Keep going. See you in two years. Are you ready to leave? Awesome. Go home. Glad you came. You want to come back? Come back to Ellis Island. We'll get you through the process all over again. Enjoy whatever you like. No worries. Pay your taxes. Life is good. You might say, well, Larry, what if these people want to stay? Great. Then you can create a separate pathway, just them that is not government, that is to the private company, that follows whatever government rules are required to get them to move to a green card, whatever that is. Maybe they have to wait 10 years and pass a test or speak English or whatever is the rules they create. And then a private company does that and moves it through. Why private company? This way, people who are already in line don't get bumped. So if you're already in line going through the government way, you're not affected. You're still work, you still work that way. But I would argue that the private company would be more efficient. People will probably leave the government and go to the private company instead. Well, then Larry has the, government, the private company get paid. Here's how. Number one, if you if you want them to go work someplace, you pay them like organizations are being paid right now, recruiting companies. They place somebody in a job, they get paid. The people pay them. Right now, there are farmers, there are hotels, there are you know restaurants that are paying thousands of dollars in the black market to get laborers. Get out of the black market. Just pay the Ellis Island. Just pay them. And they send you workers. You're going to get them anyway. You're going to go through the black market or you can do it legally and pay taxes and make it legal. Go above board. Go above board. Pay them. They send you workers. Life is good. But not just that. Some of those people are going to want to get green cards. Some will. The private company will create a process for that and they'll have to pay for it. They'll work for it and pay for it. So the company makes money on creating, getting green cards or whatever the case may be, right? Getting people eventually one day into citizenship or whatever the case may be. They begin to make money that way. So these private companies do it, but it must be two separate private companies. Why two separate private companies? This way, the odds of them being cruel to people go down. Why? If one is cruel, people go to the other one. It'll make money. They'll have to be better. It encourages each of them to be better. They're competing with each other to get people to go to those, those private companies. But I'm still not done. Here's the best part. There are give or take 10 to 12 million undocumented workers in the United States right now. Law enforcement can't, doesn't have enough time, money, or energy to get them all. Impossible. Never going to happen. But not just that. There, among those 12 million, there are some bad people among those 12 billion, right? I don't, I'm 12 million. I don't know how many, but there's bad people there. Clearly, there are bad people among them. Law enforcement can't get them because all the people around them are all illegal. They're all undocumented. They're not going to help law enforcement. doesn't work. Well, what happens when a bunch of people go to those communities, those enclaves, and they're legal? They went to Ellis Island. They'll call the cops. They're not getting arrested. They're not getting thrown out. They're legal. Cops go, where's Bob Pablo? Oh, he's right there. Okay, great. They go get him. It makes law enforcement a whole lot easier to get the bad guys. But it's the best part now. Well, now a couple people go to the Ellis Island and go into the new enclave and wherever, New York, California, wherever they're going, right? And they're there. And now people who are undocumented go, you're documented? Yeah. So you don't got to run? No, 
So if you get in trouble, you can call the cops. Yeah. So if he's mean to you, you can tell people he's mean to you. Yeah. You're not scared of bad Pablo. No, he can't blackmail me. I'm going down there too. You don't have to just cross the border. You can be in the country and just take a train, plane, whatever, and go to the Ellis Island and get legal. Well, some people are going to start getting legal. As more people get legal, what's going to be left over? Only the bad guys. Well, if you're making your money and doing well here in America, do you want the bad guys in your neighborhood? No. You start calling law enforcement going, the bad guys are right there. Larry, how do you know that? That happens in New York. Happens in New York now. We catch bad guys because people in that enclave go, there's the bad guy. I don't want to mess my life up. I got my kid in school. I got my kids in college. I'm not screwing this up. Go get them, cops. And that's how we get them. That's how we get them. What stops bad guys and terrorism? Vigilant population. That's what actually stops them every single time. So we create this world to where now the bad guys go away. The sad part is this is not a short-term solution. This is a long-term solution. This will take at least two to three years to even see any real dividend. And five or 10 years, it'll actually solve the problem. Because what will wind up happening is they'll start, the desire for this will be so high, they'll create others. There'll be one on the Canadian border or whatever, they'll create more. So then, the, then the, the burden on the actual government will be less, which means, guess what? All the government has to do is oversee to make sure that it's working effectively. They aren't bringing bad guys in. But it's the best part. Right now, if they let a bad guy in, what happens if the government right now screws up, lets a bad guy in? What happens? Nothing. Nothing. Nothing happens. They go, oh, we screwed up, whatever. What happens if a private company does? Well, there's damages. The private company. They actually have more incentive be more aggressive because they'll be liable. Yeah. And what happens if there's two or three private companies and one of them let two bad guys in? Who's going to trust taking workers from them? I don't want a worker from them. They're, they're putting bad guys in people's rooms. I don't want them. Last guy they put in, you know, did some terrible stuff. I don't want that guy. So yeah, it gives them incentive to do, the, do it right. It's a long-term solution. So I know I was long, but I hope both of those answered your two questions. It is an AMA. So I try to cover it if I could. So yes. So yeah. Um, Matt says, my concern is with Old Navy. They're already on American soil. Cute. Very good. Yes. Uh, when Navy's tradition is changing and it's getting softer. And according to the new arm recruitment ad, it looks like it might be across the board. John, I hope you're wrong. Um, but I get your point. But I hope you're wrong. I feel like the Navy tradition even though it sometimes gets softer, if that makes any sense. I know it does. But I feel like it's, there's still a, a pride that stays within naval traditions. I think more than Army. Now, get me wrong. And the Army guys going to be mad at me for saying that. But I just I think it is. Remember, the Army, the, the Air Force came from the Army. It used to be the Army Air Corps. The Marine Corps came from the Navy. So they tend to keep similar traditions. T- they tend to. And the Army and Navy, t- I mean, sorry, the Army and Air Force tend to be more about equipment and technology and things like that. And the Navy and Marine Corps tend to be more about the aggression and strength of character and the metal of, of, of the warrior more than the Army and the Air Force, I think, in general. Um, clearly, I am biased, but I don't care. I'm biased. I hope you're wrong, John, but I do I do think a lot of that stuff is happening. Yes. So, um, Michael says, but seriously, have a young friend who was on a missile destroyer in the Indian Ocean. Um, NK does have a Navy. And they are all over our ships in South oh, North Korea. I got you. And they're all over our ships in South Korea. South Korea. Yeah. But most of their Navy, North Korea, is uh, submarines, if I'm not mistaken. They have a huge submarine force. Um, but yes, absolutely. So, 
Dustin says, what about Target? Um, I will go to Target. I will. I will. Absolutely. I will go to Target. Yes. Um, rather see China handle the South China Sea than North Korea. Also true, but that's still bad. <laughs> yes. Missy says, I stand ladder sharp. Thank you. She's my stand. Thank you, Missy. Appreciate that. Christine says, I won't go to Walmart either. See, it's not just me. See, there we go. It's not just me. Absolutely. Um, Garrett says, hey, Larry, feel free not to answer this question. How do we respect and remember the, the fallen soldiers of the Confederacy and not promote the idea that civil war was only about states' rights? Um, this is a tough one. And I'll answer the question. It's a tough one. The reality of it is you have two sides of this. I'm, I'm going to go back to Fareed. But anyway, I'm, I'm going to you ask, so I will do it. Um, the problem you have is similar to what we just talked about. You have two sides. You have one side that will say, and most of the people who tell me this are from the South. They'll go something like, the Civil War had nothing to do with slavery. And you have other people who go, the Civil War was only about slavery. And both of those are incorrect. It was about many things, economic, states' rights, slavery, but slavery was clearly the largest piece of what the war was about, right? Because even though the, it was about economics, economics were based upon slavery, right? So even though it was about um, states' rights, it was also about right to have slavery. So it was about many things. There were many reasons why. It was a culture war over anything else. Um, that, that was also a culture war, too, on top of that. But all of that had to do in some way with slavery. So slavery was a, a critical key piece to the reason for the war. So I think we have to just accept that as neither of the superlative sides are correct. It wasn't nothing to do with slavery, and it wasn't all about slavery. Neither of those two things are true. It is a combination, and slavery was a, was a critical piece to the war. Of course it was. It was a critical piece. Of course it was. Um, but some people will fight me on both sides of this, but I'm just telling you what I think. You asked my question. I, I'm telling you that. So there's nothing wrong with respecting the individual Confederate soldier. It's the leadership that you start getting dodgy when you start doing that. Right, Garrett? Do I think that the average Confederate soldier who got up to defend Virginia or got up to defend, you know, Tennessee, do I think that average Confederate soldier was like, yay, I am just defending slavery? I don't think the average Confederate soldier was thinking that. I mean, they may not have cared about slavery. I mean, they live in a slave state. They probably didn't care about slavery. They were like, whatever. Good, they're slaves. Fine. But most people in the North didn't care about slavery, to be forward with you. Most people in the North were like, whatever, slavery, I don't care. It doesn't affect me. Whatever. Most most Americans didn't care about slavery. There were there was a very large and open, aggressive abolitionist movement that was super loud and aggressive. But the average American was like, fine, free the slaves. Will it end the war? Fine, don't free the slaves. Will it end the war? Can we just end this war? That's what most Americans were like. Will will freeing the slaves end the war? Free the slaves. Fine. Yes. That's what most Americans were thinking. I think Confederate soldiers, too, were thinking that kind of thing. I mean, they wanted to defend. They felt invaded. The average soldier, I don't think, was was thinking about slavery much at all. That's just my view. People can get mad at me for thinking that. The leadership did, though. The leadership did know. So I don't have a problem with saying the Confederate. I don't have a problem with, with remembering or even honoring the average Confederate soldier who fought as bravely, if not braver, depending upon where you were, because often they were outgunned um, in a civil war. No problem. The leadership is where I begin to become iffy on, if that makes any sense, Garrett. I think the average soldier was just as brave as any other soldier was. I think they fought for what they thought was right, like any other soldier did. Um, But the leadership was a different issue. I hope that was clear. So I would focus on the individual soldier 
who I think was doing what he thought was the right thing to do at that time for his own state. Is that clear? So, all right. Um, Chris says, Larry, in a libertarian world, we want scientists and countries to create freaky man-made viruses. Seems very dangerous to humanity, like nukes. How will this type of thing be discouraged in the world from your view? We are nowhere near a libertarian world, Chris. I mean, just nowhere. That's, you, you, it's the equivalent of saying, you know, if we lived on Mars, that it, it's basically the same thing. We, we're, we're closer to having a base on Mars than having a libertarian world. I'm not exaggerating. We are closer to having actual humans living on Mars than having a libertarian world. We are nowhere near a libertarian world. So I'll tell you like what should be happening but I'm I'm miles to be telling you about fantasy. Miles to be telling you about you know Lord of the Rings. It's the same thing. First, get the Ring of Power, then the difference. But I'll tell you anyway. The reality of it is, for us to even get to a libertarian world, for that to happen, would take so much change and culture change in humanity that we would actually be able to trust each other more, not want so many leaders, respect each other better. I'm I'm I. I, I you would have to have a world where people feel safe enough that they wouldn't even want to do it. That wouldn't make any sense. And if you had a real libertarian world, the virus doesn't make any sense. Nukes don't make any sense. If you were to actually have a libertarian world, again, we're bazillion years away from that. But if we were, right, nuclear power works well if you can bully countries into doing things. But if there aren't many countries or there aren't many organized like that, right? If the countries are, are, are very much broken up into individual communities, you're going to bully every community? What do you get from it, right? How many communities are going to bully so they all just get together and take you out through whatever their thing is? I mean, how do you unite them all to want to be the bully? It, it, if you, I mean, would, could someone make a virus because they're crazy? Sure, they can do it now. Could someone make a nuke because they're crazy? Sure, they can do it now. But in a real libertarian world, could an in could a group of people create enough nuclear weapons to destroy the entire world? We already have it, right? So it's already there. But in theory, and this is just theory, what would be the purpose? Would someone maybe make a nuclear weapon and try to destroy their local neighbor? Maybe. I mean, that could happen. It could. You would hope that in that kind of world that there would be enough social pressure that you wouldn't be, it wouldn't make sense. In a perfect world, and you're talking about imaginary world, the idea of Respect is a critical piece. And if we respect each other, the one or two idiots who don't wouldn't be able to get the power or the resources or the group of people together to do it. You can't just make a nuclear weapon, right? You you will need others to assist you, delivery system, all those things. In this magical libertarian world, how would they find those people? They wouldn't. People would be like, I'm not. We tried that, just to be clear, just in 9-11, which had no nuclear weapons at all, just planes, people realized, you know, the flight, the flight um, trainers, teachers, instructors, they realized these guys are learning how to fly a plane and don't care about landing. That's weird. And they called the FBI. They went, hey, FBI, we got these guys. They're learning how to fly, but they don't care about landing. And the FBI went, <sighs> yeah, whatever. Boom, 9-11. That literally happened. I'm not, I'm not making that up. That literally happened. So what I'm saying, Chris, in, in this libertarian world we're talking about that will happen after we get on Mars, uh, that world, when some guy says, hey, can you sell me some uranium so I can make my nuclear bomb? Someone's going to go, 
a dude's making nuclear bombs over there. Someone's going to do that. And in the libertarian world, we stop him. So I, I don't, I don't, it's a tough question to answer because it's a fantasy world, but I hope the concepts made sense at least. I mean, but we're nowhere near there. Trump was always a jokester. He still is. <laughs> that hasn't changed. Still is. Yes. Bernard says, Walmart killed small town businesses and now we're forced to go to them only. I know, which is why I'm not mad. I, I get it. I, I, I get it. I'm not mad if people go to Walmart. I choose not to. That's the world I can do it. So I do. But I don't expect others to just be like, you know what? I'm not going to eat now. Uh, the world is the world. 100%. Yes. So, all right. Let's see if I can do this. Um, Rand Paul is calling for an investigation, says Christine, into Fauci's financial ties to the Wuhan lab. Maybe now, maybe that's how the U.S. is blamed. Ooh, Christine, that's actually brilliant. Yeah, they'll, yeah, that's brilliant. If, if that's true, and, and that's been a rumor that somehow Fauci was responsible for some kind of investment. I don't know if that's true. I know that's been a rumor. If that is found to be true, I think you're right. They go, See, America was funding this. We didn't know what it was doing. It was America on our soil. And they'll just tell that lie again and again and again. And it was all our fault. Fauci was the one who was making it. China knew nothing. I'm not saying Fauci didn't know. But what I'm sure of is whatever happened, China knew. Right? I mean, if if Fauci knew, also China knew. I'm not saying that Fauci didn't know. I don't know that. But whatever I'm sure of, China knew. That I'm 100% sure of. They're going to act like, oh. These Americans came onto our territory and did this crazy thing. So, yeah. So Matt says, well, Kung Fu is targeted at Chinese people, which is wrong and unfair. Yeah, absolutely. Yes. Should have called the Communist Chinese Party flu. The the, the CCP flu? The CCPF? Doesn't the same ring. It's true. It doesn't flow, Matt. You're right. It doesn't flow. But yes, that would have been a better. You're right. That would have been better. 100%. That would have been better. That would have felt better. Absolutely. That, that definitely would have felt better. I agree. And I know it seems weird that I'm saying it felt better, but look, communication is not just about logic. It's also about, it's about feeling too. It's about both. Yes. So Joe says, my issue with Trump and others saying China virus or Wuhan virus is that they don't say it to use some for reference, use it to blame. I, I'm not sure that's a bad thing, Joe. I don't like it when it's, when it feels like, uh, to Matt's point, I don't like it when it feels like you're attacking the Chinese people. And Kung Flu felt like you were insulting the Chinese people, the average Chinese person on, on you know walking around. And I think Matt's point's well taken. It's the Communist Party that's doing it, right? I mean, don't be wrong. Many people are stuck there, but it isn't the average person, Chinese person, who's you know literally wants to kill themselves because they're working the you know 14 hours a day sweatshop making Nike sneakers. It's not that person who we should be mad at, right? That's not the person who made it. That's the person that uses the guinea pig. When they were put, making the virus, they put them in, you know, all the Uyghurs or whatever they used. That's them doing that. It's so I think we are blaming. I'm I'm kind of okay with it. So he then says the Swiss have some good cheese. I happen to like Swiss cheese. And Eric says, and chocolate. I like Swiss chocolate too. German chocolate's better because I'm biased, but I don't care. Yes. So Jay says, is China trying to colonize Africa through debt traps? It looks like they're trying to take control without using the military. China's being very effective that way, Jay. You're correct. China's being very savvy. It is economic warfare. Absolutely. Yes, they're doing a very good job. 100% they are. It's clear they are. And they're doing a good job of it too. The, the problem with us and them in this regard is that short term, they're going to win. Long term, I hope we win. What do I mean by that? 
China is is the equivalent of a thugocracy. They don't mind paying warlords. They don't mind doing things under the table. So China walks into Africa and says, hey, African country, which warlord do I have to pay to get my railroad done? And they go, oh, well, that will be this warlord. He will need a million dollars. Me, as the broker, I'll need half a million dollars. And then our overall ruler, he'll need about five million to spread among his ministers. And then you can build. And they go, oh, great. We can check out two. What's this cash? What's this? And they bring out their thing. Oh, here you go. Here's your million. Here's your half million. Here's your five million. Okay. Um, can I have some slave labor now? They go, yeah, absolutely. Yeah, yeah. Take some slave labor and build your railroad. And they're fine with that. Like they don't even, that's normal for them. Americans go in and hear that and go, what? Okay, no, we, we, we can't do that. So then what does America have to do? Go through foreign aid. They go through foreign aid so that we can negotiate how much money the American government spends, which officially is all good, but still goes to the same warlords. So we have a, we have a big workaround. The Chinese just walk in with the, the suitcase full of cash. That's what the Chinese do. Okay, who gets what bribe? Okay, they do that. We have to go through like, jump through hoops and go to like a state department and such and write a treaty and things like that and do that kind of stuff to act like we're not giving warlords money, but we're still giving warlords money. That's how it works. So I think they're much faster than we are. The hope is that in the long run, the people will see that our way is a better way. But sadly, many of the things we've been doing have not been showing them that. Joseph, I'm not a fan of the term underdeveloped. Okay. It seems negative to me. Pre-industrial sounds a lot more neutral to me. Maybe I'm being nitpicky. I could see the pre-industrial thing, but some of them are industrial. They're actually actually pre-informational, if that makes any sense. Many of them are industrial. They're they're pre-informational. Some aren't that either. That's a tough one, Joe. I see what you're saying. it, It sounds like we're insulting them. It's not meant to be in- insulting, but I, I feel like third world is more insulting, like a different world from us. I feel like that's more insulting, but I, I see what you're saying, right? You're saying that calling them underdeveloped is, is like insulting them. Then how about we go to Global South? See, that's neutral. That can make you happy, Joe. The Global South. That's what it is. And that means people who aren't over South, but it's fine. There we go. There we go. Good. Um, Jude, this is a bunch of us on Clubhouse talking about you. Good stuff. Thank you. I appreciate it. I'm trying my best to, to get people caring about it. See, I'm not even on Clubhouse getting getting stuff from Clubhouse. Love that. Yes, absolutely. I love that. Perfect. So we could just use the country's name. That would also work. Yes. Yep. Brian says, two things from last week show that I missed live. One, people talk about rigging the presidential election as if one election instead of 51 separate elections. That's a valid point, Brian. You're right. It is. And if you count, doesn't Guam get something too? Or maybe not. No, they don't. No, they don't. Not in this case. But you're right. 51 separate elections. Yes. That alone makes it almost impossible to rig a presidential election. Two, Iowa still uses paper ballots. Mm-hmm. You fill in a ballot and feed it through a scanner. We have the best of the old system and newer ones. Oh, it's nice. I like that. That is good. Yes. Um, It is hard to rig an election, which is why... Which is why I'm concerned. Because there is a a piece of this that matters, Brian. And that is, in the presidential election, most of the races don't matter. That makes any sense, right? Why would you bother trying to rig New York or California, right? As an example, Oklahoma, 
we know where those are going. Those are already in the calculation. The only ones you would have to rig if you were going to an election would be specific swing states like Michigan and Wisconsin, Pennsylvania and Florida. You'd have to rig those elections. Still amazing, which is why I personally don't think there was enough shenanigans to affect the election. My point from last week, though, was people believe it. Tens of millions do. So we have to have some type of investigation, some type of we can't just go. No, you're wrong. It doesn't work. And to be forward, if tens of million Americans believe it, maybe I'm wrong. As savvy and smart as I think I am, and I think I'm very smart and savvy, even though some of you may not agree with that, but I believe I am, I still recognize that I could be wrong, that maybe there was enough shenanigans that affected it. It's possible, right? I, I didn't check the ballots. I'm going with people who I believe. This goes right back to this point about you know, who do we believe and who we don't? I'm going with people who I believe and I trust to what they're saying. And so I think there wasn't enough. I, there were, in my view, and I think everyone would agree, there were some shady things going on. I think that's true. I, I think it's hard to, to, to not agree to that point. The point is, wasn't enough to affect the election. It is my opinion that's not true. However, big however, I might be wrong. And even if I'm right, we should make tens of millions of Americans feel better about this. If they don't trust the election, then why have the election? I'm not joking when I say that. If half our country doesn't trust the election system, then the election is by default bogus. By default. So they have to trust it. If that's the case, we've got to find an answer to re- Well, Larry's going to cost us a bunch of money. To go. Then let's spend that's money well spent to make us trust our electoral system. I literally cannot think of a more basic, critical thing to understand. If the government isn't believed to be of the people, by the people, for the people, then why do we have the government? Which, of course, libertarians be like, well, you're right. But I'm, my point is, then why even walk down this road? So I, I believe, it is my opinion, that there was not enough shenanigans to affect the election at all. I think Joe Biden won the election. That's what I believe. And I recognize that I might be wrong. And I also recognize that tens of millions of Americans think that I'm wrong and that it was bogus. So then we have to deal with that issue. And it isn't just going to be, you're wrong. That's not going to work. We have to get tens of millions of Americans to go, oh, okay, I got it. Or they're right and I'm wrong. And I go, holy crap, you guys are right. I was wrong. Then we fix it. Either way, lack of confidence in the electoral system is a critical piece that we have to work on. That was my entire point last week. That's my entire point. We have to get Americans to believe in our system. Otherwise, why even have the system? It doesn't make any sense. It's nothing nothing but bad. Nothing but bad, bad, bad. So anyway, thank you for that. So, all right. Um, let me keep going here if I can. Um, let's see here. Great ideas on the border, Larry. Thank you, my friend. I'm hoping that it'll be good. Yes. Um, expensive? Um, maybe. But there are large companies right now, recruiting companies right now, um, that have enough money to build this. They have enough money to do it. They have the expertise in doing it. They could do it. And in theory, if if it was only going to be two and they knew what was going to happen, banks would get behind this in the heartbeat and lend the money. Wouldn't think twice. There'd be tons of investors to put money into this. Tons of investors put money in this. There's no doubt. We got 12 million people in America who are undocumented, who will all have to be documented for a fee, whatever that fee is. They'll work, get the fee, whatever. Say it's only, a, a, say it's a hundred bucks. I don't know what it is. It's 500 bucks. Whatever the fee is, they'll get their 500 bucks or whatever it is. It's 500 bucks times 12 million. And then every two years, 
You got to pay the extra whatever, 100 bucks or whatever is the whatever is the fee. So now it's every two years. You got another big chunk of cash coming in. That's a cash cow, Caleb. I, I see bankers loving to, to, to do that one. So I don't know. So we'll see. Um, all right. Uh, Chris says, love your new LSI idea. Too radical for most, especially the government to grasp, which can be reality. I think that is possible, Chris. I think it is. And the reason is, again, it's going to sound horrible. Some of you that don't like this, but still, um, it does mean that a pro- that private companies and bankers could get behind it. If bankers and investors get behind it, those are the people who fund the government, right? They're the ones who are writing the big checks for the PACs and writing the big checks for the for the people running for office. If they get behind it, I think it could be. I think it is possible. So, yes. Target still sells a lot of stuff made in Taiwan. I like that. That's good. I like that one. Absolutely. Yes. Absolutely. So did you hear that Yang is open to endorsing Cuomo? Boo. God, Yang might be our pre- might be our next mayor here in New York. Terrible. Oh, my God. I don't want to hear that. Just made, ugh, now I'm mad at you, Paula. You shouldn't have told me that. It's terrible. Guys, if you like what I'm saying, then do me a favor. Support me on Patreon. Head over to patreon.com slash shortwave. Throw me 10 bucks a month. Do that so we can get going. We're going to be making some changes here coming up. You see the, the there's a change in the look. We're going to start doing the change also in what we're showing and when we're showing it. Think there'll be some shifts this week and then more next week. June will be a big shift week for us, a, a shift month for us in where we're putting things on. Some things are only going to be on Patreon. Some only on Sharpway um, social media. It won't be on Larry Shop social media. We're going to start making some shifts now in the future. If you want to get on board, please get on board if you can. If you can't, no worries. There's another way you can help me out. Take the pandemic survey. Head on over to that link right there. It's in the description. Click on that link. Head up to the advocates.org. Take that survey. It's about five minutes long. And then take that survey and share it. Doing that makes my sponsors happy. So my sponsors keep helping me out. And you don't have to pay. See? You don't have to pay on Sharpway if you don't want to on Patreon. You can if you want to. Please go ahead. But it's okay. You can instead just do that. It'll work. If you can't do any of that, you can still like, comment, and share. I cannot tell you how important liking, commenting, and sharing is. And if you are, if you are someone who has not yet subscribed to my Sharp way youtube page please go click that subscribe button now it matters i'm gonna get canceled one of these days and i gotta be able to find another place to go so please click on that sharp way youtube page so i'm able to make that happen i appreciate it It does matter all right let me grab a couple more if i can so um let's see here um what happens in new york spreads yes absolutely 100 percent. exactly right um, Blaze says, do you feel like woke education is affecting our military officer and political class when they're into violence from D.C. against political rad- racial minorities? This is a hard one. And the reason why it's a hard one is the more we shift into the woke culture world, right? Wow, how do I say this without? I'm just going to say uh, the the far left is literally a Nazi factory. And what I mean by that is they're not making left people Nazis. They're pushing the right into Nazis, right? They're, they're pushing the center to the right, and they're pushing the right into Nazism. They're just pushing them over because they're so much against – they're making people feel so much against the wokeness that they're pushing people right. Who wouldn't normally go right? How do I know that? I live in New York City, and a bunch of my friends who have been Democrats are now thinking, I don't like Democrats anymore. They hate the woke stuff. 
They're leaving New York City. These are Democrats leaving New York City. Like, it's too woke for me. I can't, I can't handle it. I got to get out. So I think it is working um, it, to, to push people to the right. And of course, now you have the left going far left and, and people in the middle going far right. Some, some jumping on board, but most aren't. What most people don't know, if you live in a blue state and the left Democrats, you know this. If you don't live in a blue state, you probably don't know this. There's a huge chunk of Democrats who do not like woke culture at all. What Trump did very well to his detriment was unite the left. All the people left, whether you were kind of a mainstreamer, you were kind of a semi-neocon, all the way to Bernie or AOC, all of those Democrats got together and said, we hate Trump, get him out. And when they got together and voted out Trump, the far left said, oh, you voted us in. That's because you love us. See, you think our ideas are awesome. That's what they thought. That's not reality. A lot of Democrats do not like the far left. They just don't. And because of that, now we're having problems in that world, in the cities of the world, in my city. You have the same problem. So, yeah, um, I do think it's affecting and will eventually turn to violence. Yes. Be very forward. Why do you think I keep doing this? Why do you think I keep talking about the liberty movement? Why do you think I spend so much time doing this when I still have a day job? Why do you think I spend so much time pumping this stuff out and trying to give us ideas and concepts? Why do you think I ran for office in the past? Why do you think I support people running for office? Because the third party libertarian way is the only way to stop this. And I'm not, there's no hyperbole in my, in my voice. Not what I'm, I'm not, I'm a hundred percent. I'm a hundred percent serious when I say this, you see it. All of you do. If you're listening right now, you see it. You see friends, family, coworkers, not talking to each other anymore because they're left or they're right or they're woke or they're not or they're Trump supporters or they're not or whatever is the thing in your area. People now when they talk, start you know chatting with, well, what do you think about this to see whether you're on the right side or not? And now the way we work now, we don't work together anymore. So now what's going to happen? There's no working together. So the state becomes blue or red, blue or red. As the state goes one way, as this country goes one way, blue or red, the other side will result to violence. What else are they going to do? They don't have a voice. Imagine if, I mean, I don't think this time, but it could in theory. Imagine 2022, the Democrats went even more. I mean, it doesn't look that way, but sick of argument, just to show you what I mean. Sick of argument. Democrats went even more. And now they dominate the House and dominate the Senate. And I don't know, two Supreme Court justices die and they put two lefty. Oh, they stacked the court because now they own all the things. They stacked the court with 15 justices and, you know, six more uh, left judges. And the country's totally left. What's the right going to feel like? What's their option going to be? Or the reverse. The Republicans take over the House and the Senate. And then in 2024, Republican win. Either Trump comes back or whoever is the, the MAGA equivalent of that time, if, if Trump doesn't want to run, whatever the case may be, that person wins. So now it's whatever, MAGA junior, whoever that person is, and then Republicans own everything. What are, what's the left going to do? They have no voice. Right? I mean, yeah. MLK said, rights are the, uh, what, the voice of the unheard. Is that right? I forgot. the. I'm, I'm going to miss the quote. But yeah. Did Thomas Jefferson say when, um, what did he say when, uh, I'm going to forget it. The, the, I'm going to mess the quote up. Some of you guys will get it. Jefferson was something like when, 
Mm. I'm going to forget the quote, but it's something like when, when, when people aren't, when we're not able to have a conversation, it's going to be a revolution. So what both of them are saying is if the, if the, if I feel like there's no other option, I go, I go to violence. I would like to stop the violence. I think the only way of doing that is having a liberty movement that says you can be who you want to be. Just don't force your view on others. So if you want to be conservative, go on with your bad self. Be conservative. If you want to be liberal, go on with your bad self. Be liberal. Just leave other people alone. Let people be people. Let communities be communities. And we don't have to fight. I would like us to not fight. That's why I do this. I, I am concerned about that. Yes. Garrett says temp hire companies are not good in the resume. Well, they wouldn't be temp hire companies. They would be full-time work, but it would be for two years, right? And it also would become the norm, right? It's it's that or you just go to the black market. And black market, there's the resumes. So it doesn't matter in the black market, right? So I think either way it would work. But you could go if you wanted to. I mean, if you wanted to go, you could. So Chris says audit happening in Arizona of last president election. Yeah, but see, this is the issue that I'm not happy about here with this in this specific case, Chris. The the audit is often being done by only one. I want to make sure the audit has both sides. That's the most important piece. The audit has to have both sides or both sides, not necessarily left and right, but both sides of the people who believe people who don't. It's got to have both. If it has both, now we're rocking and rolling. I need because. Because whatever the outcome is, right? Let's say the outcome is, oh my God, there were shenanigans in the fact of the election. How is the left going to believe that? You're going to have to have people who they believe go, yeah, it's true. Election was bogus or whatever it was, right? Or the reverse. If it's not, look, it, it wasn't. It was It was fine. There was nothing wrong with the election at all. How's the right going to believe that? It's It's got to be that, hey, look, someone on the right's got to look. So you got to have someone who, that you believe or you trust tell you that. Otherwise, it's just not going to work. It simply isn't. No, they're not going to believe you. So that's why we have to make sure that both are there so that whatever the outcome is, the other side can believe it. So, yes. Garrett says, clear as always, Larry. Thank you so much. Um, Christian says, love you, Larry, but there's overwhelming evidence the election was rigged. Then I'll be found out to be wrong. And I will say it right here. And I go, Christine was right. I was wrong. I, I could be wrong. I'm admitting that I could be wrong. I'm saying what I feel from people that I trust. But if I'm wrong, I'm wrong. And you know what? If I'm wrong, my God, I hope we find out I'm wrong. Wouldn't it be terrible if you're right and we never find this thing out and all elections are rigged? So I'm open to this conversation. I could be wrong. That's all I'm saying. Yes. So, all right. Um... Never heard of a second world country. We just skipped the third. Well, because the Cold War is over, Josh, right? The, during the Cold War, second world was, was, was Russia and all the satellites. That was the second world. So, yeah, that was the issue right there. So that, that's why. Now the Cold War is over. We don't say it anymore. Now it's just third world and first world. That's it. So uh, Michael says, Larry, take crypto. Um, I think we do. I didn't check that out. I think we do, Michael. Let me, let me walk down and see if my, my, um, my team will talk about that. Yes. Blaze says, Blaze, you just keep asking questions, man. All right. What should be on voter ID? Should you have to actually pay taxes or take basic civic tests to vote? Um, the, what most people don't get about voter ID, 
And it really depends upon where you're from and who you know. My family on my father's side came from South Carolina. So, mm-mm-mm. so um, we still knew stories of poll taxes, people being intimidated from being from being able to vote. And paying taxes and civic tests and things like that, those were in the past all things used to stop black people from voting. Those are not true today, to be clear. Those are not true today. But the emotional scars still are in the black community. And lots of people don't understand this is actually not a logical issue. And I brought it before here on the show. People go, but Larry, it already makes sense. I'm not saying you're wrong. There are many. I have to have ID when I go to vote in New York. So I'm not saying you're wrong on a logical piece. I'm not saying that. Logically, you are correct. I am saying this is emotional. There are groups of people in America who, as soon as they hear it or feel it, it is like bringing back horrible memories, feeling like you're being excluded. It is an emotional piece that affects people, right? If you were to say, and I'll I'll try to give a, a decent example if I can. If you were to say that symbolism is okay at voting booths and someone puts a swastika up, does that physically stop someone who's Jewish from voting? No, it doesn't physically stop them. But man, do you want to go vote there? No. You're like, what's wrong with you? Get a swastika away from here. I'm Jewish. What's wrong with you? Of course you'd be pissed. You'd be annoyed. You'd be mad. You want to get rid of it? Of course you would. Similar issues that are popping up in the community. This has to be done in a much more emotional way, which is why some northern states actually have harsher ID laws. But we don't have the culture of pushing away black voters. This is a cultural emotional issue. You've got to deal with it from a cultural emotional way or you're going to get pushback. And the logical person logically is going to go, I don't get it, Larry. It makes logical sense. You're right. And it doesn't matter. You can't solve an emotional problem with a logical solution. You can't solve a logical problem, emotional problem. You can't solve an emotional problem with a logical solution. You can't solve a logical problem with an emotional solution. Right? So we have to make it emotional first. Getting to feel like you care, like it's it's equal and fair for everybody, and that will take time and discussion. And we're not doing that. What we're doing is, what's wrong? You should just do it. It makes sense, and that's scaring people even more. So I would ask you if you want to do voter ID, great. I'm not against the concept at all. I'm not. I'm against the way it's being spoken about because it makes people feel bad. And you're going, Larry, facts don't care about your feelings. Well, they should. Because feelings are more powerful than facts. We, the evidence is everywhere on that. That, by the way, is a fact. Feelings make up facts. Feelings ignore facts. Feelings change and switch facts around. They do all types of things. So to answer your question, I'm not against voter ID. It, it has to be presented in a way that makes people feel safe and better. Because there are still people alive today that went to made to vote. Right, my parents' generation, which is alive today, my, my parents aren't. My parents' generation is still alive today. They remember, right? They were there. They were there during that time, 60s. I was born in the 60s. So my parents were voting in the 60s and they were pushed away. So it is an emotional issue. I hope that's clearer. So, all right. So let me deal with this issue. Um, Lunar Eclipse, how are you, sir? Um, or ma'am. So I don't know which one you are. Uh, Larry, Russia can be a problem, but compared to the two China, 
is the number one. Yes, I agree. Yes, China is number one. I agree, which is why I was saying that China is now the senior partner, right? In Cold War I, China was the junior partner when there was the Soviet Union. Now it's reversed. Russia is now the junior partner and China is, you are correct. Absolutely. Um, yeah. Russia case still a hoax. I actually don't know if it's a hoax, tell you the truth. I don't know. Um, but is um, Russia affecting us? Yes, particularly on social media. Absolutely. Joe says, who are you voting for in New York City mayor, Larry? You know, the woman herself, Stacey Pressman. Absolutely, Stacey Pressman. I'm hoping that she can actually get in the debate stage. My hope is going to sound crazy, you guys. It's going to sound crazy. On a, on, on a selfish level, I hope Yang wins the Democratic primary. I go, oh my God, Yang's bad, whatever. It's fine. Here's why I think that I want Yang to win the primary. Because if Yang wins the primary, then there'll be a debate that will then be national because Yang is in it. If Eric Adams wins, you guys who, who, may, who don't live in New York City may not know, the, the next guy, maybe the Eric Adams or maybe, uh, I forgot her name, Garcia, I think is her name. Uh, I forgot where she's from. But uh, either Garcia or Adams, probably if Yang doesn't win, probably one of them will win. That's the odds, right? If one of them wins, unless you're in New York, you don't know who they are. That's not going to be a national debate. It's going to be a local New York City debate, which is fine. But I'd rather have a national debate and I'd rather have Stacey Prussman on that debate stage. Well, lie will let her debate. New York City law is very specific. It's New York City law, not New York State law. New York City law is we have what's called matching funds and it's eight to one. Some of you are going to fall out of your chair when you hear what New York City does. What New York City does is if you are able to raise $250,000 from New York City residents, with a maximum of 250 uh, counted per person, um, New York will give you eight to one dollars. Yes, I said it, eight to one. So if you raise $250,000, New York City will give you $2 million of taxpayer money. That's what New York City does. You guys just love that. You raise half a million that way? No worries. New York State will give you, yeah, $4 million. Here you go. It's $4 million. Enjoy. Go run your campaign now. Now, you might go, wow, that's crazy. Yep, it is crazy. And what we do, this is our rules. But the advantage of that, though, is if you take the money, now, according to New York City law, you must debate. You can't skip out of a debate. So if Stacey can raise her quarter million dollars, which I hope she will. I've already donated to her, by the way. I've already done my 250. So if you're a New York City resident, please do your 250 if you are. I'd appreciate it. If you're not a New York City resident, you can still throw us some cash. Still nice, but it won't count towards that. But still, any cash will do. If she raises her 250, then she'll be in the debate stage with Yang. A libertarian on, on a national debate stage. We couldn't get to doing our presidential election. We might have to get one in mayoral election. Now, is she going to win? I don't know. I don't know. Odds are obviously against her. They're against all libertarians, clearly. So, of course, the odds are against her. But how could she win? By getting on the debate stage and saying something amazingly magical and making Yang look dumb. And then the world goes, huh. Maybe we should do a libertarian. That's my hope. That is my hope. That's why I'm behind her. I hope she does well. I'm supporting her. I gave her 250 bucks. I hope you can give her some money if you can too. That's awesome if you can. If, you, if you're New York City resident, even more important if you happen to be a New York City resident. That's awesome. That's why I'm back to Stacey because I'd like to get her on that, on that national debate stage. We have not had an L on a national debate stage. It doesn't happen. This will be an opportunity to have an L on a national debate stage. So there we go. Hope that was... I understand what I'm doing. So great. All right. Um, 
It's developed versus undeveloped countries. Yep, it's about that too. Yes. So, um, Brendan says, Larry, is the Iraq war justified? The 90s Gulf War to me, no. And the 2000s one was. Um, neither Iraq war was justified. Neither was. Um, we just made things worse. The Afghanistan war was not justified. Going into Afghanistan was justified. And let me specify those two things. One, the Iraq war. The reason why neither was justified is because they weren't our business. Iraq, we had no, we weren't prepared for it. Um, going into those places to whatever, you know, get Kuwait out of what, why do we care? What, what, what was that going to do? Have we solved anything? The Middle East is worse than it's ever been. We haven't made anything better. More people died after than before. Neither was justified. It wasn't our issue. We should have walked away. Whether or not Saddam Hussein had weapons of mass destruction, so what? Lots of countries have weapons of mass destruction. Korea does. Israel does. Pakistan does. South Africa does. Okay, we're going to invade all those countries. Iran surely has chemical weapons. We're going to invade Iran now? We know China now has both nukes and biological weapons now. We're going to invade them now. Who do we pick? Not justified at all. We should have never gone and left them alone. Left them alone. Eventually, he either, the people would have either overthrown him eventually or not. People pick their own dictators. It's, it's not our place. The reason why this is broken in the first place is because the West got involved in drawing up lines. The British and the French did. And after World War II, the French and the British didn't have an empire anymore. And they couldn't handle it anymore. And instead of us just letting it all collapse and letting each local nation create its own civil war, its own revolution, anyway, create its country any way it wants to. Canada became a country through peace. We became a country through war. Both are the right answer. Canada picked their way. We picked our way. All good. No worries. Whatever, whatever is right. We should have allowed the Iraqis, the Iranians, the Iranians, the Syrians. Pick your own way of having your own country. Not my issue. Your issue. You find a way. We wouldn't let them. And when the British and the French began to collapse, instead of us walking away like we should have done, we jumped in and decided we're going to be the empire builders now instead. World War II, after that, we became empire builders. If you go prior to World War II in the Middle East, most people in the Middle East thought we were honest brokers because all we cared about was the money. I'm not joking. Do your homework if you care. You go prior to like 1930, most people in the Middle East were like, oh, good Americans are here. Great. All they care about is money. They're not trying to colonize us. They're not, they're not doing any of that stuff. They actually liked us. Now? Oh, my God. It's a disaster. So, no. Afghanistan now. Were we all, was, it, was it justified to go into Afghanistan? Yeah, to get bin Laden. Of course. But we did it the worst way. We decided to try to bribe local Afghanis like they cared about us. They never did and still don't. And that didn't work. And then we decided to occupy the country because that was going to work. Because that's worked. Let me see. Uh, never. That, never. Literally, Afghanistan's called the graveyard of empires because it never works. Like, never. So why would you ever do that? We decided we thought we were better and, of course, it didn't work. So, no, th- none of those wars, none of those wars in that area were justified. Should we have gone in to get bin Laden? Absolutely. He was a non-state player and we're going in to get him. Well, Afghanis are mad. Okay, madder than us invading. Mad- if you want to bribe them, bribe them to look the other way then. Instead of bribing them to try to do something that they couldn't do and didn't want to do, bribe them to look the other way. Here's money. Please turn around so we can go get bin Laden and you can pretend like you didn't see. Do that. Bribe him for that. We go and get him, get him out. That would have made sense. We did. We went to, uh, to Pakistan. 
Pakistan didn't know. We just went in and took them. Pakistan got mad. Would it didn't matter if we had invaded? Yeah, kind of. Invasion's worse than doing what we did. So I think none of them were justified at all. Going in and getting the guy who did this, 100% yes. Go and get him. Done deal. That's my view. So, yes. All right. I'll see if I can keep going here. Um, Michael says, to, to, to know how the election was rigged, watch Mark Levine's election analysis. It explains detail how the state legislature changed election rules to allow unlawful voting to count. Well, there we go. Thank you for that. I appreciate that. Yes. So let me keep going down here if I can. Um, Christine says, I think candidates should have to pass a civics test to run for office. But showing a basic idea to prove who you are to vote is just common sense. That's not a bad idea, right? Do you do you then test do you test the 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 candidate? Interesting. So you're saying you don't test the voter, but you test the candidate. Open to the idea. Do, does that mean though that does that by default? create an environment to where you have to be more educated to be a candidate. And education, as you know, doesn't always mean intelligence, Christine. You can be both, right? Being educated doesn't mean you're not intelligent, but you could be educated and not intelligent. You could be educated and intelligent, and you could be not educated and intelligent. So does that affect that is my only worry, I guess. I'm not against the idea, but maybe. Yeah, maybe. Paula says, Ben Shapiro is so wrong about facts and feelings. I think he knows it because he plays in emotions. We all do, Paul. Not just him. Yes, him and me and you. And we all do it. Humans are both logical and emotion. We all are, right? We're emotional and we're logical. Some of us more emotional than others. Some more logical than others. It depends on what's happening in your life. You might be more emotional with your children and maybe less emotional at work. All the reverse. Depends what you do for a living and who you are. But no matter what, we are all both emotional and logical depends upon um, you know who you are and how you grew up and all those things, right? Absolutely. James says, good point on feelings and facts. Never thought about it like that. Yes. Emotions change everything. Feelings change <laughs> everything. 100%. Yes. Brian says, that's the best explanation of voter ID I've heard. It is much better than the far more common of, of thinking of them as too childlike and capable of being able to obtain ID. Yeah, that's, yeah, that's, the, that's dumb, right? That's but and that's what this is what I drives me crazy. The people who are saying that notice they're never black, right? What black person goes? I don't know. They don't know how to get an ID. What black person says that? I've never said that. I mean, I know lots of people who are black who can get on the internet. In fact, there's not one person I know at all. Who can't get on the internet? Like, I don't know anyone who can't get on the internet. I don't know anyone who can't get a driver's license. They all know how to get a driver's license. Everybody does. Every person I know. So I don't know what you're talking about. So, yeah. <laughs> so, yeah, it's, you don't see black people saying that. You see white people saying that. Black people don't say that. Black people will tell you what I just said, which is it's an emotional issue. You have, you, you've heard stories. You feel it. It feels bad. So, Yes. <laughs> Um, uh, Janine says, I always thought that there should have been an immediate recount. Not saying the election results would have changed, but this would have straightened things out. It would have strengthened faith in our system. Yes. Oh, Janine, 100% on board. Yes. Um, and no one would have been able to say anything was stolen. This would have prevented so much of the post-election drama that occurred, including the insurrection. I just don't understand why everyone was so against the recount. 
when it seems as if it would have been a solution. That may have, yep. You know, I, I don't know. There were some recounts. I know there were some, but I think the, the point is you, you want to make, to, to your point, Janine, you'll hear me say this constantly. And that is the more transparency you have, the less confident you are, the more people will trust you. And that sounds dumb, but it's totally true. The more they'll trust you. If they literally, what they say was, this is the most secure election in history. Now people are like, nah, it's not true. Now it may be true. Janine, I actually don't know the answer to that question. It might, it might have been, I, I don't know. But as soon as they go, it's the most secure ever. I go, is it now? I immediately doubt it. If they would say, we think it is, it looks like, and here's the data that we have that makes us believe that it's the most secure. Let's have a conversation. Now I go, okay. All right, let's have a conversation then. I believe them more. So your points are valid, but there were some recounts. My point is they were just like, no, what's wrong with you? Of course it's perfect, dummy. And now we're like, what? You call me dumb? Now I'm mad at you. Now I don't believe you at all. This goes back to that feeling thing. Feelings and facts. It was right to that. Janine, your point's a valid one. If if we had been more open and transparent off the bat, there would have been less people who would have believed that it, that it was stolen because either it was, right, and Christine's right, and we would have seen it, or Christine's wrong, and it wasn't, and we would have seen it, right? Either way, we would see it, and now me and Christine will probably be on the same page right now. We'd either both be believing it was stolen or we both believing that it's not, and that's what I want. And the more transparent, the better. And the more open to saying, look, maybe we could be wrong. One of the reasons why you see me so against centralized control is because people are just humans. And no matter how smart we are or savvy we are, we still make mistakes with just people. Janine, you're a person. I'm a person. Because he's a person. So Matt, person. We're going to make mistakes. It's just, it's who we are. You can't get around that. Well, the more centralized control is, now that mistake affects everything. But if it's more localized, it affects just this area. And now when I screw something up and go, man, I messed this up. I say, Christine, help. She goes, I got this. I was good on this one. She comes, helps me. Then next year, Christine goes, I screwed up. I go, I got you. Now I come help her. That's a better style for everybody, for life, for family, for friends, for government, for everything. Because people can make mistakes. It also makes it harder to rig, right? To the to point, was it was it Brendan who said it? I forgot who said it. You know, 51, you know, elections is a whole lot easier to deal with when it comes to security than one. Because now I got to rig 51 elections. It's tough. But with our current, the way our current system was the two-party system, I don't have to rig 51. I've only got to rig like six, five. I rig those five and I win. So that, it makes it harder. It's it was supposed to be harder to do 51. But now we have to do like five and that's it. So, yeah. Anyway, thank you for that. The Shamrock says, great show, Larry. Love the AMAs. Appreciate it. Thank you. Of course. Yes. Um, uh, Byron says, nothing's the most secure ever. See, you thought exactly how I saw. I thought, Byron. When I heard that, I was like, hmm. Now I didn't believe it. Again, and I don't know. I didn't watch it. It's possible it was. I'm not saying it isn't. But I'm telling you, when he said that, I was like, yeah, no. No, it, it's it's not that. Whatever it is, it's not that, right? It could be, it could be secure. It's not that, though. I think you're right, Byron. I'm with you. 
Yes. Ed says, white liberals who got savior complex are the reason why we've seen that they like to play around with the non-whites, women and LGBT. They use their tactics to make them behave like they're oppressed, which they're not. Um, wow, that was a lot of stuff in that one. Let me walk down a couple of those. As a person of color, is that the right word now? POC? Um, as a black man, I don't mind. I can say it, right? You guys don't mad at me if I say it? Yes. Um, I say it often. I don't require white people to save me. If you want to help me, awesome. Come help. I'm happy if you want to help me. You are not required to, and you don't have to save me, right? So even if I need help and I'm a human, I will need help, right? That's just humans need help too. Great. Then if you want to help me, I hope you want to help me, then please come help me. That's great. But you never need to save me ever. That's not required. And it's never required. So yes, that it's annoying for a lot of people to think that we have to solve our own problem. Malcolm X was talking about that in the sixties. I know you don't want to hear Malcolm X, but I'm just telling you, Malcolm X was saying in the sixties, like, stop helping. You're not helping. Like you could stop now. We got this. Just, just stop killing us. How about that? I would like that, Ed. I would like the system to stop killing us. So if white people want to help, here's how you can help me. Help me end the war on drugs. Help me end the war on terror. Help me end the systems that affect people of color worse than others, who, by the way, now are affecting white people almost as bad. If you've noticed, the war on drugs has come home to the white world also. So how about you become my ally on that and we do that so we can stop sending 2 million black people to jail? I would like that. That's how you can help. You're going to save me, but you can help doing that. Um, so I think that's the critical piece. And I hope that's, that's where I stand at least. I think most people would agree with that stance. I mean, some wouldn't, but I think most would. So yes. All right. Let's see here. Um, Larry, can you do a video where you see the political compass test? Um, sure. I, I did a video where I took the world's smallest political quiz. I did that one, and I also did one where I took it as a liberal, as I thought a liberal would take, and as a conservative, how I thought a conservative would take one also. I did a couple of those. So, yes, I will do that. Yes, absolutely. So, um, let's see. Blaze says, new libertarian. Sorry, got a lot of questions. I'll sign up on Patreon. Who's your favorite founding father? father? Thomas Paine is my personal favorite. Um, I'm very cheesy when I when I say that when I picked that and I picked George Washington always. And people say, why? I think of all the founding fathers without him, there's no America. And there's two reasons for this Two. The first one is of course, he didn't quit when it came to the field. You know, he lost his early battles. He actually got his ass kicked in his early battles. He didn't quit. He kept fighting, which is number one. And many generals would have quit. To be forward, many people just would have been like, well, I can't beat the British. They're just too powerful. I can't beat them. Many would have quit. And he didn't have the best anything. He was fighting against, you know, mercenaries. And still he fighting against Hessians. And he was still, you know, he kept fighting. But that's number one. But fighting was important, but not, not the be all and end all. Is it possible we could have found another general to beat beat them? Maybe it's possible that we, that we there, there were some decent American generals. So maybe. Doubtful, but maybe. But the second piece is he actually stepped down from power. And in the 1700s, well, actually, was it end of 1800s? 1800, was it? Yeah, in that area, was it? 1789? No. 
12 years old, 1800, right? He stepped down from power. That was a big deal. That like didn't happen in the world. That didn't happen. People didn't voluntarily give up power. That wasn't a thing. Now it happens all the time. So if he did it now, eh, whatevs. Then that was like earth shattering. That someone would go, yeah, I'm not going to be president anymore. I'm good. You guys won the election. I'm out. That is a big deal. Now, of course, the attack, of course, is, well, he had slaves. 100%. That's a, that, that's a stain on him. And he didn't free his slaves when he died. Also pretty freaking crappy. Absolutely. You're asking me of the founding fathers. That's the one that is my favorite. And I don't, I don't scar his good with his bad. The fact that he didn't free his slaves was pretty crappy. He should have when he died. He should have freed his slaves. He didn't. Um, in his will, he didn't. Um, that's pretty crappy. But a lot of our founding fathers were slave owners. A lot of people in those days were slave owners. I can't judge him by today's. Um, I can't judge him by today's standards. I can only judge him by his contemporaries. And when I judge him by his contemporaries, pretty damn good, with the exception of not freeing your slaves when you died. I blame him for that one. So I hope that makes sense. I hope that was clear. So, all right. Um, Brendan says, UBI is way better than welfare. It is. I'm not a UBI fan. But if I only had two options, if all I had was those two, I would pick UBI if I only had those two. But I'm not a UBI fan. But your point, if you're saying... Of those two, UBI is better. I agree. When it when it comes to those two, UBI is better. I'm not a UBI fan. So, I, yes, I'm with you on that one, Brandon. I am. So, all right. Um, see if I can do this here. Um, Larry, do you think? Uh, do you believe or think Rushgate is a hoax? Come on, man. It was basically Dems, Rhino neocons relying on bogus steel dossier that somehow Trump colluded with Putin. No definitive proof. I, I'm going to tell you something that's going to drive you crazy because um, I know you care about this because you you know this. I didn't pay much attention to it. I'm not even sure what the steel dossier is. And I know people are like, what? Your heads were to explode. I didn't think it would matter. I didn't think it was going to change the election. I think Trump won the election. I don't think it was rigged. I don't think that's I think he won the election. So does it matter? If there was Russia Gate, I don't know. He didn't go down for it, so I don't know. Um, it wasn't something that I wanted to. I, it was again. It was like Russia Gate was just like I don't know another attack on what Clinton and his Monica, and there's always an attack on somebody, Obama, and he does. He's from Kenya or something. This stuff doesn't. I, I don't spend time on it. Is it possible that it was a hoax? Maybe, and maybe it wasn't. And does it? Let's say, and this is, this is, I know some people are upset, but I'm going to tell you how I feel. Let's say it's a total absolute hoax. You're right. Total hoax. Okay. What changes? Nothing. Let's say it's not totally real. Okay. What happens? Nothing. What changes in my life? What changes in your life? What makes, how, does it make our country better? Does it fix anything? It doesn't. So I don't spend much time on it because there's going to be another one, right? If Trump runs again, you can guarantee there'll be another Russia gate, whatever that it won't be right. It'll be Ukraine gate or whatever is the thing they'll use. And will it matter? The new one they use, will it matter if Russia gate was real or not? No, it won't. The people who don't believe it are still not going to believe it. The people who do believe it are still going to believe it. It doesn't matter. And then the new thing, whether that's real or not, will it matter? No, the people who hate Trump will believe it. People who love Trump won't. 
So these are types of things that I rarely go down the rabbit hole because I don't, there are so many things I have to learn and understand and talk about and so much stuff that gets thrown at me from my team. Larry, you know about this, Larry, you know about that. And questions like this that I get all the time, things like that. It's rare that I go down those rabbit holes. Um, And I know some of you are like, but Larry, this thing or that thing, I really go down the rabbit holes. It's why I didn't go down the deep rabbit hole of the election either. I didn't go down a deep hole of that. People, a lot of people have told me, Larry, you don't understand. You don't get it. All of the election stuff is all a hoax. It was totally right. It was no rigging whatsoever. This is crazy Trump supporters. I live in New York. I get that all the time. I'm like, okay, whatever. And I just walk away because they. I'm sure they can show me data that will prove that whatever, it's the best election ever or whatever they're going to tell me. And I just saw people tell me, look, here, Larry, here's how you know it was bogus right here. I'm going to spend four hours looking at an election that is no one's going to change. Let's say I find out, oh, my God, it was rigged. I find it personally that it was rigged. So? Seriously. Okay, now I believe it's rigged. Okay. So you can talk about it, Larry. Yeah, but it's not going to change anything. You talk about it. You guys, lots of people talked about it already. You don't need me to. It's one of the reasons why I don't have a show that goes, the Liberty Show with Liberty People. Because there's tons of shows like that. You can watch those all the time. You can listen to them all the time. I'm not special. I'm not going to talk about whether the election was rigged or not because tons of people talking about it already. And you can find the answer you need for that. I care, will the tens of millions of people on either side, whether they believe it was rigged or not, will something happen to where they will go, oh my God, I was wrong. That's what I care about. And me knowing it is irrelevant. I'm not going to convince tens of millions of people that it was or wasn't. I need somebody else who those people believe in and trust to go, oh, my God, it really was. Or, no, guys, it wasn't. That's why. I'm looking forward for what we can do to fix things now. So I know it didn't feel good, Lunar Eclipse. I apologize. I know it didn't feel good. It's, it's where I stand on these things. If it's, if it's not going to get me to that next level, eh, I'm not really there. So, all right, um, let's see here. Um, let's see if I can keep going here. I love this place where 19, if pain didn't influence watch, then maybe he never moved at all. All right, you know, maybe that might be true. Maybe I, I might buy that. Maybe it's true, but that's just where my head's been. I'm open to, you know, I'm open to the, the conversation. I absolutely am. Yes. Um, Ryan says, don't buy UBI. Um, again, I'm not a UBI guy. But the question was between the two, right? If if all I have is welfare or UBI, and that's all I've got, I'll take UBI. Absolutely. But I'm not a UBI fan. Like, I'm not trying to get UBI. I'm saying if that's all I got, I'd go UBI, right? If that's all I've got. I hope we're not there. I really hope we're not there. So, yeah. Uh, Brian says, I'll believe the elections are rigged when New York suddenly goes red. Well, th- this is my point, though, right? You don't have to rig all the elections. You've only got to rig probably six or, or five or six states, right? It, you don't have to. Everyone knows that certain states are going certain places. If all of a sudden California and New York go red, I mean, no one's going to buy the election. No one's going to buy. I guess some Republicans believe California is red or New York's red. It's not. It just isn't. I've traveled. The, I'm, I can't. I cannot speak to California. I believe California is blue, but I can't speak to it. I know New York State better than most, better than most 
I'm 100% sure that New York State is a blue state. I've been to all the cities, and every city is blue. Every city is blue. From Watertown to Utica to Syracuse to Rochester, Buffalo, they're all blue, right? Ithaca, Albany, New York, all blue. So that I'm sure of. I, I don't know about, I can't speak to California. I speak to New York. If New York goes blue, it's rigged. I mean, it goes red, it's rigged. <laughs> no doubt. New York's not going blue. Not now, at least. That's all I'm saying. So yes. So yeah. Jeff says, yes, that would raise too many eyebrows. 100%. I'd be like, okay, we, we're done. <laughs> that's it. Done. 100%. Yes. So that's good. I'm glad you guys brought that piece up. All right, guys, I want to say, you know, as always, I love what you guys give me all these questions and all these things. I appreciate it. As always, you know, I will ask you, please support me if you can. Head over to patreon.com slash sharp way. Let me 10 bucks, 25 bucks a month so I can keep doing this. I appreciate it. Always like, comment, and share. And subscribe. Subscribe to my YouTube channel. It does matter. When they cancel me, I have to have someplace to go. So go to my Sharp Way YouTube channel. Not Larry Sharp YouTube channel. Sharp Way YouTube channel. Go there and subscribe. And also go to my Twitter account. Sharp Way Twitter account. Follow that account too. It does matter. This is how that when they get rid of me as Larry Sharp, I'll still be around. And keep my sponsors happy. Head over to the pandemic survey. Click that link right there, theadvocates.org. Take the survey, finish it, and then share it. Do that. Makes my sponsors happy. Makes everybody happy. I do appreciate it. Guys, thank you so much for this evening. I appreciate it. Thank you for all the time you give me a bit of your uh, evening. And of course, I will also see you all tomorrow.